Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs and have some fun. You gotta give us a shot. You know what? You gotta give us a shot. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Clapback Sports. I am your host, The Mage. You can find me on Twitter at the Mage underscore NFL. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Murph. Say what's up to the people, Murph. What's going on, my people? Football season, baby. Fall is in the air. Football is in the air. Let's rock. Murph can be found on Twitter at one Murph Blue when not suspended. Tino Rodriguez. What is up, brother? Football is back. Fall is in the air. Wait, no. Murph just said that. But fall is in the air, Murph. You know, I, I do like that note because like a week ago it was hot and now it's like brisk. It's like windy. You feel it. The only thing missing are like the leaves. I haven't seen the leaves change and start to fall yet, but it's definitely there. Well, it's still early yet, but I certainly did love the temperature outside today. Yes. And you look like a pumpkin spice latte guy, Tino. So I'm not a pumpkin spice latte guy. I actually Are drink sure? black coffee, so <laughs> I think that's the opposite <laughs> of pumpkin spice. Make sure you follow Tino on Twitter as well, at Tino Rodriguez, double underscore at the end. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at clapback underscore sports. Guys, football is back. That's it. This was the first week of NFL action. I mean, we had a full slate of games. We had the Jets take on the Buffalo Bills, and we had the Giants versus the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday night. Give me your initial thoughts, your initial reactions. I feel whole again. I texted the group chat as the game was going on. Um, There was a particular moment that you guys know I feel whole again, but getting my expectations – well, to start, I didn't have expectations in the game. Then the game gets going with the Giants, and I'm getting sky high, and then it just gets shattered. And I've never felt more whole. Football is back. Giants football is back. It's, the world is at ease right now. Mage isn't at ease anymore. He woke up this morning pissed. But I've come to recollect that it wasn't so bad, Mage. I'm not that disappointed on it. Okay, I lied. I am disappointed. It's not I'm, ang- I'm not upset. I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm like a father when they're Yeah, you sound that. like everybody else's parents. <laughs> well, fellas, I had a tremendous Sunday actually. Had a little little couple beers, some burgers. Didn't see the Giants lose. Loved seeing uh, the Eagles and Cowboys lose. And uh, you know, Monday morning kicked in. Didn't want it to work. Was so excited about the Giants. And I started getting those pregame jitters, man. I'm like, God damn, this fucking team takes me on this goddamn roller coaster every year. Like, me and Mage were talking, and I'm like, dude, I was telling Mage, I can't watch Giants games with anyone but select few. And, uh, dude, it's just my ritual, man. It's that time of the year. But, damn, if, if you, like you said, it did, it did I feel whole after the game last night? Not happy, but whole. So for you guys, where you felt whole, there was a hole left where my heart used to be. So Touche. Touche. I, I mean, if anything, I have been Captain Positivity this offseason, taking on all the Gettleman haters. I mean, defending Saquon Barkley to the death, right? I mean, God damn it, guys. I mean, I am the self-appointed Daniel Jones protector, all right? If anybody goes at Daniel Jones, they got to come through me. But God damn it. I said this in the group chat last night to both of you. I mean, this is like having PTSD. Like, I, like you just kind of feel, and this is the whole part of being a Giants fan as of late. It's like, like we looked good in the first quarter. And then we looked good in the second half. And it's like, okay, we still have a shot, even though we went into the uh, half down six. But like, okay, they missed the extra point. All right, not too bad. We're still in this yet, guys. And then surely the Giants did what they always do. They kind of start to slip away in that third quarter and then the fourth quarter. And they're like, fuck, it's the same old Giants. But, I mean, we have to be a little positive. And I know there have been some people on the timeline today that said, 
hey, this is a new coaching regime. You know, COVID, they haven't had a, you know, a lengthy offseason to prepare. Well, you know who else hasn't? The Washington football team. Brand new coaching staff. A lot of new players there as well. And they were down 17-0 to the Philadelphia Eagles, came back and beat them 27-17. Now, granted, everybody's going to say, yeah, well, the Eagles suck. You know, Giants went against one of the best defenses in the league. Yeah, well, the Giants also have a better offense as well. So, I mean, there is a checks and balances. I get it that the Eagles aren't as good as the Steelers. But still, man, I'm, I'm just done providing excuses for this team. That's it. I, I'm, I'm done. I'm all out of fucking excuses. I just want to see results now. That's it. Positivity mage is gone. That's it. He no longer exists. This is going to be realistic mage. And I don't know what else going forward. So I, I'm not sure The dark mage is coming out. Here's why I'm not that discouraged. Okay. The two big errors by Danny and, and we'll get to Saquon later. Cause I have no excuses for Saquon. But Danny's one pick can't be excused. But the first one that I think really changed everything, that's just because TJ Watt's a fucking stud, okay? And that changed everything because it's the difference between the Steelers being a winning team and the Giants having, been, having, having not been a winning team lately. Not to mention we had a turnover. amazing play. Yeah, but we had a turnover. Inside the five, we don't capitalize. They got that turnover, first play of a series, and you knew the Steelers were going to get points out of that. You knew they were coming away with a touchdown. And they did. Granted, they missed the extra point. We weren't up. But them scoring a touchdown, at that point, I'm like, all right, the Steelers ain't going anywhere. We're not controlling shit anymore. That pick really changed it. I know the 18, 19 play pick in the end zone probably gets highlighted more. And definitely, if we score, we can take the lead, all that stuff. But that first initial pick gets the Steelers in the end zone initially. They finished it. But I think that ultimately really changed the tide and the momentum more than that 18-19 play pick. I honestly don't even know where to start, man. I mean, it was a roller coaster last night. There, I saw a lot of things I really liked. I saw a lot of things I really, really hated. And I saw a lot of things that we were already kind of used to. And that was the most uh, upsetting to me and most frustrating was the things that we've seen before that keep happening. Um, the Ingrams, the Peppers, the Saquons, the guys that – we have to hold to a higher standard. They're the core of this team, or so they say. And those guys aren't getting it done. The fucking newcomers came in last night, and they were ready to ball. I mean, every new addition was ready to ball last night. And I don't know if that's a judge thing. I don't know if that's a Gettleman thing. I don't, I don't know. But And maybe that's just me holding our core to a, a higher standard. But I felt like it's not necessarily that they didn't give it their all. I'm just seeing the same fucking problems. And I don't know where y'all, y'all want to start. Before we get into that, though, Murph, the one point I want to bring up to Tino, and Tino's right about that first interception that Daniel Jones threw. That was just a great fucking play by a defensive player of the year, T.J. Watt. Like, I mean, it, it, it was hard to see him even watching the broadcast of it. So, And then he just appears out of nowhere. I mean, it, that was just a good play. My problem with the second fucking interception, and we talked about it here, when we previewed the scrimmage game, Joe Judge pulled Daniel Jones over on the sideline, and he said to him, he said, hey, we don't want to take a sack, but sometimes it's better than the alternative, and I'm kind of giving that verbatim. And that's where Daniel Jones should have taken a sack on that 19-play drive, not try to throw it. These are some of the problems that I I love Daniel Jones, but these are some of the things that he has to correct, though. I love the way that he controlled the football last night, he didn't give up any any fumbles. He got fucking rocked on a play where Saquon missed a block, and he didn't fumble the ball. But there are some areas that he has to improve on. And last night, this is something that we heard Joe Judge already address, and he didn't do that. He has to get better awareness. And trying to throw that ball, wherever he was trying to aim for, across his body with Dupree breathing down his neck – it was just a bad decision by Daniel Jones. So I'm going to be a little harsh on Danny, man. But at the same time, as it's going to sound weird, it's not his fault. Those turnovers fucking killed all the momentum that this team had. I am yesterday. done making excuses. I, that, and that's where I'm going, man. I, I'm done with it too. And Danny killed our momentum. Was it all Danny's fault? No, because a lot of other people made errors that night. TJ Watt made a great play. But dude, Turnovers kill momentum for teams, and you cannot turn the fucking ball over in this league. And I don't care that he didn't fumble last night. He threw two fucking picks. And regardless of the first one being a nice play, it doesn't matter to me. 
Turnovers kill teams in this league. It's not that you can't turn the ball over at all. We're just not good enough of a team yet to recover from two turnovers like that. I will say this. He protected the ball a lot better. The timing of those interceptions were terrible. But, yeah, he was on the run a lot. I just want to show love to Danny real quick, though, because even before that drive, we don't have that 19-play drive without him. He literally extended plays with his legs, finally. Ended up with over 20 yards rushing because of that drive, okay? I think it was 6 of 7, 6 of 8, or maybe even better on third down, which is gigantic for a quarterback to be that big time on third down. And on top of that, dude, he was getting rushed more than ever on third down because it was third and 12 every fucking time. We couldn't get him any yards to not make it third and long to ease up the pass rush. So, yeah, the pick was shitty, but I think he definitely made – you know, lemonade out of lemons, a lot of that drive. There were multiple opportunities where you're like, this shit's over. The, the one scramble, and you guys can harp on it, he caught himself before he fell down and scrambled and extended the play. That's the Danny I love. He's a baller. He's got to get smarter. But the reason I think he'll cut down those turnovers is you can see he's got the film study. He's got the IQ. He just needs the feel a little bit better. He just needs the instinct, which he's kind of lacking. Like, you got to just know, just live to see another down there. I don't think he knew that. But he made a lot of good things happen on that drive, which I can't really be too upset about. But with that said, let's talk about the good a little bit longer. What are some positives? Now, I know we were harping on some negatives, but what are some positives that you guys saw from the game that were encouraging? So for me, the one thing that I really noticed last night that – I want to really give credit where it's due. But tell me if I'm wrong, guys, but did Danny's arm look stronger last night? Because, I, I mean, it, the one thing I noticed, like, on last night's game is that he's throwing passes. I'm like, fuck, Jesus Christ, there's a defender right there. And he fit it right through a tight window. And it, the ball got there in a hurry. I don't know what he did this offseason, but I'm telling you what, even on that fucking strike to Darius Slayton, I mean – the ball was getting out in a hurry, but the ball was getting to the receiver in a hurry. I don't know what he did, but his ball certainly had a lot more zip on it last night. And you could see that. That was evident. So that was one of the things that I did like last night. And the other thing is, too, man, you know what? We're giving so much credit to Joe Judge, Patrick Graham, this, that, and the other thing. Watching that game last night, what a godsend Jason Garrett's going to be for this offense. Jason Garrett just drew up some plays last night. I get it that it, we couldn't get Saquon going, but I don't think that has anything to do with Jason Garrett. But we saw it for that first half, right? I mean, against this defense, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Jason Garrett found the one thing that they didn't do well, and he was throwing it. it they, we were going with passes underneath in that soft zone and just hitting wide-open receivers. And Danny was getting the ball out faster than I've ever seen him last, uh, last year. Right. So it's hard for me to tell whether or not the offensive line actually played well yesterday or if that was just because Danny Dimes was getting that ball out much faster than he was last year. He wasn't holding on to it. So I really liked what I saw out of Daniel Jones, given his arm strength last night. And also, I really liked what I saw out of the offensive play play calling going forward. I think that's going to be a huge improvement for this team as well. Like Martinez for me, man. The dude was all over the field. He was in every gap rushing the, the or down the line. Um, I mean, dude, 12 tackles, first game. Looks like he's the same player that came from the Packers. And I, that's fine. If he can't go in coverage, whatever. But he definitely gets his job done as far as cleaning up. And, no, we don't have to go into that. <laughs> but the one, thing, the one thing that we did say here, Merv, on, on the show, yeah. was that even though Blake lacks that coverage ability, and I said it, you said it, he has excellent sideline to sideline speed. And we saw that yesterday. He came from the right side of the field to the left side and chased somebody down from behind and got that tackle. So, and that's something that the Giants haven't had. That's not something that Alec Ogletree could, could have done. Very refreshing. It's been a while since I've seen that kind of linebacker play for sure. Um, I felt like Andrew Thomas's debut went okay. Uh, not a plus, but not F minus. That's for sure. Uh, he definitely had some rookie mistakes as far as, 
missed opportunities and missed blocks. But, um, you know, I, I'm, he's the least of my worries right now as far as our O-line, to be honest. Um, he looked good, and he, it's not like he wasn't battle-tested last night. He definitely got his fair share of talent thrown at him. Bradbury, man, uh, love that signing. Love it after last night as well. Uh, he was all over the field as well, making pass breakups left and right. I, I think he had he broke down a little bit in the sef- second half, but a lot of the defense did, um, and we'll talk about that. But uh, D-line, dude, D-line was fucking dogs in the first half. I mean, it led up just like the rest, but they were fucking all over everyone in the first half. I mean, that, nobody was running anywhere. And, yeah, I know James Conner got hurt, and then Snell came in and had a good game in the second half. But, um, dude. They looked fucking stout in the first. That was what I was hoping to see. Leo was all over the fucking place. He had a sack. He was wrecking through the line. Um, Dexy, I didn't really see too much of Dexy when I was rewatching, honestly, but I did see him make a couple crazy athletic tackles on Benny Snell. And then, dude, there's Slate, man. Fucking gem. I mean, I don't. I think we got so lucky with that, dude. Because if we didn't have Darius Slayton right now, we'd be in some deep shit at the wide receiver position. Before you take everything, how about we give Tino a chance to talk? No, I like it because you guys, <laughs> well, you both kind of were taking what I was going to get at, but I still have a way to word this, so it sounds like neither of you exactly said it. But this is something I talked about for a while because I really considered our defense last year pathetic, and I said it is poetic that one of the reasons I thought it was uh, pathetic was because like veterans like Janoris Jenkins felt entitled, whatever, they didn't give a shit. And then he has a pick six against the fucking Bucks. I'm like, fuck that guy. I hate him so much. Anyways, staying on topic, we didn't have an identity on defense. No one was scared to play the Giants. I wasn't fucking scared to play the Giants defense. I'd play everyone against him in fantasy. My thing is, yesterday, I'm not saying we have an identity yet, but it was definitely the start of it. Blake was flying. Bodies were flying around. It was sideline to sideline, which should be what defensive football in the NFL should be like but it's not always like that and it hasn't been for us Blake played big the guys we paid play big I think Logan Ryan in theory might be a godsend that we actually signed him because of how badly we need secondary help but up front I really like that box now guys I really like that box we didn't throw love to Zoe I thought Zoe played pretty well for what he was doing Leonard Williams and Dexy yeah Dex won't pop up but you know what no no tackles and uh you know, defensive tackles in general normally won't stand out on the box score. So I think this defensive pedigree that we have now under Graham and Judge is kind of what this team needed. But one more thing, one more thing. The special teams, guys. The special teams. Let's show love. Turnover on the downs. That was the first punt. First punt coverage in a Joe Judge system, a team, and we got a fumble out of it. Um Another thing, he didn't break one, and I know we said Jabril didn't have a great defensive day, but special teams-wise, I kind of see why he's a captain. I mean, throughout his career, he's been a playmaker. He was this close, this close to breaking it a couple times, man. I think he'll definitely catch one soon, and I'm actually excited to see what our special teams can do, even though that one kickoff was kind of shitty, but I'm sure they'll, they'll run a lap for that. So, um, yeah, man, special teams. But let's talk negatives, and I'll start just with a glaring one. I know he worked on it, or he tried to work on it, and he's our guy we defend. But if you want to be a three-down back and you're going to look for that contract next year, Quads has to block better, man. He's got to be able to pick up a safety on a delayed, delayed blitz. He's got to be able to chip an end and then go out for his passes. He's got to help these guys because the Steelers knew that. The Steelers knew if they can double A-gap blitz on Gates, who was his first start, if they can utilize that and just count on Saquon to pick someone up, It just, there was no time for Danny to go through any read. And with that, there's no time to get Saquon the ball. If we can't chip and execute and communicate from the line back and know what our responsibilities are, there is just no time to do anything. It's going to be constant third and fucking 15, and Danny's going to be running for his life. Quads has got to be better, dude. Quads has got to be way better than what we saw last night. Oh, man. I guess I'll do the other fucking elephant in the room, dude. Uh, Tino did the Saquon one. Fuck Evan Ingram, man. What a journey we've had with this guy, man. I mean, has anyone else in Giants history had as much opportunity as Evan Ingram? I mean, we put them on the field every single time that we can. Uh, we treat all of his injuries. We extend the man. And here we are, dude. Like the guy had the off season of off seasons, all pro off season from the media's perspective and from Joe judge. And maybe that's our fault from maybe drinking it up a little bit, but 
I had high expectations for Ingram. Where the fuck do we go from here, man? You know, they start at the game, and honestly, I, I liked Jason Garrett's calling, but I got a real problem with them being okay sending Evan Ingram out there to block for the first two quarters, basically, as the lead tight end. What well, about yeah, you? But Murph, I mean, if you're a tight end in this NFL, I, I don't care if you're a pass-catching tight end. You have to learn how to block. Sometimes the best way is trial by fire. Hey, look, fucking do it. Otherwise, that's it, man. Your ass is out. And, and, and I, like I said this last year, and I got fucking heat for it. I said that the 2020 Giants starting tight end would be Caden Smith. And I had people come after me with pitchforks and torches. But I'm telling you, man, that is a lot more fucking likely. I like the way that Caden Smith can move. He reminds me of a poor man's version of George Kittle, bro. Dude, I think you're on to something, too, the trial by fire thing, because that's that's the only thing I can think of. They wanted to give him the fair shot last night, and they let him fucking prove himself, and he failed. So we're going to see on Sunday. And if can it's- we please stop with this narrative of everybody else that's saying, oh, well, obviously he's not a, he's not a tight end, so let's move him to wide receiver. He can't fucking catch the ball! Why are you going to move him to wide receiver so he can drop more passes? Well- and that's what I was going off about this morning, man. Is like, we're fucking stuck. We're stuck. Because he can't play tight end, and he doesn't have things to, to be a wide receiver. So what the fuck do we do with him? And, and we always talk about you have to get your talent on the field, right? You don't give up on talent. You got to get him on the field, get him in a place to succeed. We put him in a fucking place to succeed, bro. We put him in his place. So, like, where do we get from here? Murph. Caden Smith had two receptions for 17 yards. Evan Ingram, two receptions for nine yards. That was yesterday. That's yesterday. And who had more opportunities? You guys are a thousand percent correct. But guess what? Here's the good thing about Garrett's system. They use so many tight ends. Eventually, he will get weeded out. We mentioned it. Maybe it was off air earlier today. He wasn't on the field for that Slayton touchdown. The more baffling thing on that Slayton touchdown, we can't even run the ball. It was fucking play action, and we still got that playoff. It's beyond me. but. Evan Ingram is a big-time problem. We didn't even talk about the pass interference. You guys mentioned the injuries. Yo, you got to pick one, guy. You got to pick one. You got to pick the drops. You got to pick the blocking. You got to pick the penalties. or the. You can't have all of it. He, and he's doing all of it. It's way too much right now. The guy's a head case for me. I, and not even on or off the field, just in terms of I'm losing my fucking mind. Watching. That's the problem. I like the fucking kid a lot. But he can't put it together. We got to move on, bro. Like, I mean, hopefully we go out there on Sunday and Caden Smith's in there for at least 50%. He better get at least split snaps. I mean. The one thing I will say about this team going forward, and I guess maybe I'm getting a little ahead of myself, is that we are going to go ahead and I think we're going to see some changes. So the one thing that I do expect under Joe Judge and his coaching staff is that there is going to be adjustments going forward. But before we get into that, though, I also want to address my negative. But before I do, though, um, one thing that Clapback Sports may have done today is that we may have traded for Allen Robinson. So you can thank Clapback Sports for that. And Evan Ingram will be a piece that we will give up in that deal to the Bears to get Allen Robinson here. So Correct. Uh, uh, we've been talking that for a while. We've been no scouting. Uh, we've been laying the groundwork for a couple weeks now. Yeah, so uh, it, was, it was hours beforehand. It was around 12, 1 o'clock. That uh, our guy Jersey Momo twenty two gave us a jersey swap with Allen Robinson. Uh, we posted it, say, "Hey, Allen Robinson, come play New York City's uh, brightest lights." Four hours later, look, I shit you not. Supposedly, he was requesting a trade. So I, I, I think Clapback Sports really had a lot to do with that. But before we go on though, to another narrative that I heard was that ah, oh, this Giants defense was so bad in the red zone, right? Well, guess what? They were bad before that because the team drove into the red zone. So I don't want to hear just about how bad that the red zone was because this opposing team marched down too, and it was stupid things. I mean, Tino, I know you being a high school coach, but I mean, come on. I mean, Jabril Peppers in an open field is being caught flat-footed with Benny Snell outrunning him. Like, you can't get caught flat-footed especially in an open field like that. And then also Jabril's trying to chase him down for the next 20 yards after that. Like it was just stupid mistakes like that. Like I, I don't get it. Like the usual I, fucking suspects, bro. Killed us last If night. you're playing defense and if you're going after a runner, right? I mean, 
what is it, you know, unless, unless the guy's in the box and he's coming at you straight on and you plant yourself, you get ready to make a hit. Other than that, right, what do you do? You take an angle to the pursuit. So it cut him off. Why? There's nobody else around Benny Snell. Why are you getting caught flat-footed? Well, if you want to, take a pursuit, angle him towards the sideline at least, right? Try to run him out of bounds or something. Flat-footed in the open fucking field, like – I don't get it, man. Like, this is just shit that drives me fucking insane. He actually did both things wrong during the game. I like what you're saying. When you're saying inside the box, Jabril actually came down inside the box at one point and still got caught flat-footed, ran into a lineman, and then he bounced it on him. So, uh, at one point, he did both things wrong. He had an overall really poor angle game in, in terms of tackling. He's normally a pretty decent tackler, too, but honestly, maybe he's just patting stats, and we haven't seen this for a while, but his pursuit was shit, and his reads were really bad yesterday. Do you guys see a common theme here? You know, all, um, of our not, all of our not wells and all of our wells all have common things. I like them as people. <laughs> the newer additions to this team are fucking showing out, and they, we're still having the same problems with our fucking core or our guys. Yes, and, and no, I know though, it's I one mean, game. I know it's one game, dude. But those guys are the guys that are going to get us the wins when we're in glo- close games like that. And they let us down last night, man. I got no other way to say it. I don't care – if I get if if that's critical or whatever, but like I'm gonna hold them to a higher standard, and they did not play good. Saquon, when I say Saquon, he couldn't run the ball last night. I know that. I fucking know he couldn't run the ball. I'm talking about Saquon fucking blocking, and everybody knows it's it's an elephant in the room. But dude, I just hold uh, to a higher I'm standard. I'm sorry, I'm not gonna absolve Saquon either, and I'm not just gonna blame him for the blocking because I'm sorry. If you want to be paid like Christian McCaffrey or Zeke is going to, guess what? You're a big fucking boy. You better use your 100-pound quads and fucking drive that goddamn ball right into the fucking middle of the line. You got to be able to move that fucking line. Yeah, I, I no fucking Look, money. This is where Zeke made his money, right? And Zeke talked about this on the on the uh, Sunday night game. They talked about, oh, well, what does Zeke like to do? Zeke's like, Look, I love to fucking hit a defender before he hits me. I want him to know I'm coming for him. I'm not afraid of him. Fucking Saquon needs to do the same thing. And can can Saquon stop fucking jumping over everybody? He's going to end up with another fucking ankle sprain. Lower your shoulder and run through somebody. I'm about to have a fucking heart attack with this shit. And it's but, coming from the biggest Saquon defenders, too. Like, we're not fucking crazy here. And not, and, and not only that, too. All right, so it, it, let's talk about the offensive line. Nick Gates was terrible at, at, at center last night. Really he bad. got he got he got fucking turned around this and the other thing. I know I know Murph, you disagree with me on Will Hernandez, but I think Will Hernandez played played fairly well for the most part. Andrew Thomas did really well. Andrew Thomas got turned around in the run game, though. His protection in the run game was awful. There were people that went right around him. Now, granted. If the run was going away from Thomas's protection, but still though, what if there's a what if there's a misexchange on the on the snap? That guy, that defender's already in the backfield. He has an opp- he has an opportunity at that fumble. So I don't like the way that they played at all. Cam Fleming, Cam Fleming was out there. He had no fucking idea who to block. So I, I we got to figure something out with this defense. I heard a couple people say, "Hey, you know what? Put Nick Gates at right tackle." Put Matt Pert at right tackle. Start Shane Lemieux at center. And I got a feeling that this isn't going to be the end-all, be-all. But my biggest problem with last night, though, all right, and I don't mean to drag this on too much. I'm sorry, guys. But honestly, I mean, I need to get this shit off my chest. I'm about to fucking cry. I have a stroke either one. So the rub routes. The rub routes fucking killed us last night. Why are you still playing man? You fucking switch to his own defense. Get the fuck out of there, man. Like, the rub routes, you literally had fucking Bradbury run into another defender. And then you have James Washington running free. Like, I don't fucking get it. Like, and I know I said this on previously on the podcast. I said, this is what the Giants were going to do. They were going to play straight up man and try to win their matchups. So the man defense wasn't anything that I wasn't expecting because – I, I and I said this, I said they were going to try to keep it simple and win their man matchups. But man, when you're getting your ass kicked that fucking bad, you got to be able to switch, man. A zone defense, that shit wouldn't have happened. You got two guys following one, and it, it's just somebody take over, please. No, Mage, because... you're right. I mean, that was going to be the only thing I was going to jump in for. I'm not going to necessarily 
give a pass to Jabril or any of the secondary guys that I was going to target. But honestly, for the same reason we try to throw jabs at Garrett for having Ingram there in the first place, I'm going to throw a jab at Patrick Graham. I thought he mixed it up well. I thought we got at him very early on. Um, and I understand why the man, NASCAR, everyone stand-up thing on third down was working. But in the red zone, they beat you twice on it already. They did it three times. I mean, it was very basic. It was very basic. It was third down. Other than the one scramble, Big Ben cannot leave the fucking pocket. I know you want to add extra pressure, and you don't want him to pick apart his own. But you know what? If they beat you on man-to-man rub routes the first time, the second time, try to fucking switch it up on third down, finally, guy. I mean, come on. It wasn't extravagant. It was an out and slant. It was an out and slant. The other one was a drag. I mean, that's very easy to bump off from the linebackers. Blake can't cover, but he can fucking cover that. I mean, there's no reason that our high safety should have to cover Juju from the fucking right side of the field. That is absolutely ridiculous. And the guy wasn't even on our fucking team two weeks ago. Well, see, that's my fucking thing, dude. Thank you. He wasn't on the team. Why the fuck are you putting a guy in there that's been on the team for a week, doesn't know the playbook, is the second year in the fucking league on a third and goal in the third quarter, early fourth? Why? Why? I didn't see how Yamdam didn't play that many other snaps, but he plays that one. What the fuck? Like uh, that, that drives, that irks the shit out of me. Well, he also got that beat irks. on that touchdown reception as well. That's the one I'm talking about. Oh, well, I thought we were talking, which one are you talking about? The Washington one or the Schuster one? The Juju one. Yeah. Juju. Oh, okay. Yeah. The second one. I mean, like, dude, just. I can't blame Yondam for that. I can, but at the same time, it's like, dude, how how do you not put a player in position to succeed? That's it right there. Don't like it. And that reminds me of shit from last year. But you know what, dude? Well, you know what? And I'm sorry to cut you off too, Murph, but the one thing that I also noticed about last night's defense too with, with our backs is, man, sometimes they just mismatch because they're undersized. I, I mean, like Darnay Holmes, Jabril Peppers, Yondam, like – where you have that much of a mismatch due to size, like play his own defense. Why are you playing man? For the record, though, I mean, someone we have mentioned, Darnay Holmes, I thought they kind of threw him. Talk about trial by fire. He was being utilized a little everywhere. I think they were kind of using him in like that McKinney role, that what could be the McKinney role, but he was blitzing. He was in coverage. He was manned up. Yeah, I mean, maybe jump in, but that's someone we didn't really show love to. I think for a rookie, he didn't play that bad. He's undersized, and they utilized that mismatch when they could. But still, I think he balled out pretty well yesterday. No, I agree with you, Tino, and I'm not going to elaborate too much. But, yeah, you're right. Uh, That's a good point. Thank you for bringing that up because Darnay Holmes, when I saw him, I was like, man, this guy's actually a baller. He can play. And you know what? He's not afraid, too. Uh, Matter of fact, he he almost had that blitz where he came on the outside and just couldn't get to Ben fast enough. But, again, I mean, I, I did like what I saw out of Darnay Holmes last night. And, yeah, I thought the same thing to myself. I was like, wow, you know what? This guy's a little bit of a bowler. And the one thing that I really disliked is when it came up, they said with the whole DeAndre Baker situation, they said, well, who do you want to play boundary? I said, throw Darnay Holmes out there. And I got crucified because, ah, oh, he's too small. He can't play boundary. Blah, blah, blah. He's going to be a slot at the NFL. Again, our, our boy Nick Filato did a piece for SI, played 16 snaps in, in the slot in college. I mean, the rest of all the snaps were at the boundary corner. I get it's a little bit different at the NFL level, but somebody else had brought up the point that, hey, he's the same size as Janoris Jenkins. He's actually a little bit heavier. Janoris plays boundary. Why can't Darnay? I mean, but that's a good point, Tino. Thank you for bringing that up. No, yeah, and he wasn't outside yesterday. They had Ballantyne out there. But, again, I would not be surprised if you see Darnay everywhere. I'm just going to have us digress a little bit, and I'll give us a funny silver lining. I told you guys this yesterday already, but – Just so we know, after week one, we're going to check in here on the NFC East standings, the division that nobody apparently would want to win other than the Washington no-names at this point. But they're the only team with a win. So even though we're 0-1, the Cowgirls and the Eagles look pretty terrible themselves, in my opinion. Although Merck's going to try to tell me that the Cowboys didn't look that bad, but I'm just telling you they're 8-8. I I actually didn't watch the game. Um, (laughs) uh, But we got a winnable game coming up, man. Yeah, we do. Sunday is a winnable game. There's no doubt in my mind, especially after the way we played the Steelers. After all the shit we just talked, let's let's, let's back up a little bit, too. And the Steelers are a really good fucking team. Yeah. So that's a top-five defense. Ben – Looked rusty in the first, and he looked fine in the second, man. He's got receivers now. So that was a good team that beat us last night, and we played competitive. So we 
there were some wins yesterday, but we need to beat the Bears, and we can beat the Bears. So real quickly, guys, uh, let's talk about what do we expect changes. We talked about what we like, what we dislike uh, before we get into the Jets, and we'll cover the Jets briefly. But what do you guys expect changes going forward for that Bears game? What, what, or what would you like to see? I'm glad you phrased it that way because I actually have a challenge for this defense. I want to see a giant fucking turnover. I want to see either a sack or an into. Trubisky is not a capable quarterback. That's my guy. I know you guys don't like it, but listen, he's not fantastic. He's definitely he's, – it's possible to get to this guy and, and make some things happen. I want, I want to see this, t, uh, this defense generate a turnover, become a difference maker, and just help this offense out a little bit. Because I don't think we're going to be able to sustain drives as well as we would like early on this season. I think it's going to take us a little bit longer to gel than we initially expected. So I like the fact that you issued a challenge to the New York Giants because for those that don't know, I mean, all of the Giants players listen to our podcast, Clapback Sports, and they only listen to Clapback Sports. So um, they're certainly going to be aware of that challenge that you just issued, Tina. Well, I know Darnay listens, and Darnay is definitely going to fulfill that uh interception for me or probably Jabril because we just trashed him enough so he'll probably be the one to force a fumble or come up with an interception you know I take a punt return I just want to see something different than the same old Saquon's going to struggle Danny's got to pull this one out of his ass and maybe we win in the second half let's dominate maybe on both sides of the ball look the Bears defense isn't what they were two years ago so to me I think our offensive line should have a little bit easier of a time figuring it out. They're just not as unique. Since Fangio left, they're not as unique with their blitzes. We're not going to see double A gaps. We're not going to see crazy, you know, strong safety, downhill, late delay blitzes. We should be able to pick it apart just based on Danny's pre-snap breeds. I'm looking for the offensive line to play better, and I'm looking for our defense to generate a turnover. I'll keep mine real simple, man. <clears throat> Evan Ingram played 64 snaps. Caden Smith played 29. I want to see that be 50-50. I want to see Ken get more opportunity in the passing game. And I don't want to see fucking Evan Ingram blocking. For me, I just want to see progression. I, I want to see that I, – I want to see what they didn't do well in the Steelers game. And I want to see them make adjustments to that game plan when facing the Chicago Bears. That's the only thing for me. My whole thing going into the season, I said, even though there are some players I want to see and how they progress, but – my main thing I'm looking for this year is the coaching and the teaching. I want to make sure that the, that the game plan is changing on a weekly basis. I want to see that they're progressing, that they're teaching. So, again, if we were getting beat in man coverage, I want to see a switch to a zone. I, 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 want, to see different, I want to see different packages. And, again, I'm, I'm all for keeping it simple, but you can still play a basic zone coverage um, with your secondary while drawing up certain blitzes with your front seven. So I just want to see adjustments from this team here. But Clapback Sports, we are a New York-based podcast, and it is going to be our mission to make sure that we also bring you the New York Jets because there's not a whole lot of New York Jets podcasts out there. We are a New York-based podcast. So, guys, let's kick this off to – I, I know that we're typically pretty harsh on the Jets, but, I mean, what was your outlook, uh, Tino, with the uh, Jets versus Buffalo? I know you said that we're usually harsh on the Jets, and that was to insinuate that I'm not going to be harsh on them, but here we go. I got the statistics for you. I have to be harsh on them. In the first half, I was watching the Jets play, and I said, wow, this offense looks really, really bad. It's almost as if they don't have any first downs. Actually, they didn't. They had one first down until the final drive in the first half. In that drive – they had four first downs, and they put together a uh, field goal drive. That's nice. That was good. They got three points to end the half. Then they opened with a three and out until they, their biggest offensive play was just an absolute fluke where Jameson Crowder just ended up wide open and took it in three plays. My point is, my takeaway is that Adam Gase's offense is an absolute joke. Lev's now on the IR. Frank Gore is going to get touches and start, which I pretty much called like a, two weeks ago. And this team is already starting. And I know from the feel I get from Jets fans, they already did a self-evaluation. It is full tank. It is full tank. Sammy looked rattled. I know this is a prove-it year for Sammy, but he's delivered a shit sandwich in a prove-it year because his pieces around him in that offense 
do not look good. It is Fuck not that, good. man. They got it for him. I'm sick of those excuses too, dude. Well, Murph, before we continue too, Tino, I think the other thing, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't the Jets have more yards or more penalty yards than they did offensive yards at one point? Didn't they have 55 yards in penalties and only 23 yards of offense? Well, that's probably in the first half, but I believe it. They finished with nine penalties for 95 yards. So, oh, if you were wondering, oh, maybe maybe the Bills were just overpowering them. Maybe they had the ball more than the Jets. No, they each had 11 drives. And um, let's see, the Jets, on the same amount of drives, ran 30 less plays, gained 150 less yards, and held the ball 20 minutes less than the Buffalo Bills. That's a lot of three and outs. man. A lot of that, that score doesn't do that justice, man. Bills beat no. their ass. I mean, I was switching back and forth between that and the Ravens, Browns, but I mean, every time I, I turned it on, Josh Allen was in the red zone about to score somehow. Uh, they came, wasn't the score, what was the score at halftime, Tino? You watched it, right? I think it was 21 3. Yeah, dude, there you go. I mean, the Bills are a good team. I'm not knocking the Bills. So that wasn't going to be your normal Bills Jets game that we normally see, but. Dude, I mean, it's not looking good for Darnold, like you said. I'm sick of you fucking making excuses for him, man. Everyone always does that shit for him. Like, dude, they gave him weapons. I saw Mims is on the IR, too. It's like, dude, every time someone fucking gets hurt there, it's like another excuse for Darnold. They they picked up Balage too. Yeah, I mean, look, that, that's fair. I'm not going to make an excuse for Darnold. No, I'm just, I'm just busting you. Well, it's just like now – If anything, gonna... I'm the biggest Sam Darnold apologist. We get into it daily, but get, you know, and I'll go into my – Oh, look, all I'm saying is they'll be in a position if they do tank that they have to take another quarterback. That's a, that's a two-headed monster there at one-two that we already foresee happening this upcoming year. And if the Jets fans are behind it, it's just crazy how the mutiny behind Sam Darnold is already starting. I don't think anyone's making excuses anymore. I just think they're going to let him go out there and see if they can wow him and salvage this in any way, which I just don't think is possible. And it's, it's just shitty for Darnold. It's not an excuse, but I am telling you, Adam Gase is just a problem, dude. Look at fucking Ryan Tannehill. That's all I got to say. Look at fucking Ryan Tannehill. Everyone wrote the dude off. I know. Tannehill didn't look great last night, though. But. Listen, everyone, everyone wrote him off. The guy can manage a fucking game when he actually has a competent coach around him. Is my point. Okay. New York doesn't want game managers, bro. Yeah, they want the Jets Sam want Donald to start for his fucking life. That's well. Mean. Look, I mean, I, I'm with you, Tino, when it comes to Sam Donald, and I know that I've said this in the past, but maybe I'm a bit of a Sam Donald apologist. I, I do believe that Sam Donald was the best quarterback in that draft. I believe that he had the most tangible assets. Um, that you want to see for a skill set at a quarterback position. But here's the thing, though. And it, it, what we saw is we saw John Harbaugh do this with Lamar Jackson. You draft a guy based on what he does best, and you work around that. You don't try to make him something that he's not. Sam Donald is not going to be an efficient quarterback. I mean, honestly, the biggest comp that I can give Sam Donald in terms of a play comparison is like a guy like Brett Favre. He's That's just not a, okay for him to be the fifth, the fourth pick. Let me finish, third right? Pick. But it, the, the problem is, though, too, is that he hasn't had the right people around him that really understand that. First, I was talking to a, a buddy of mine earlier today that's a Jets fan that said, look, they should have left Adam Gase in Buffalo. I'm going to ask you guys this question because I, I, I keep going about Sam Donald and, you know, everything that Sam Donald is or isn't. But, I mean, Sam Donald needs to think less because he's not – capable of handling complex offenses, reading defenses. He needs to he needs to keep things simple. He has a great arm. He needs to improve on his accuracy. But just that's it, man. The guy could throw for 300 yards, three touchdowns, but he's going to get you two interceptions because that's the type of quarterback he is. The Jets defense, Mosley opted out. Williamson opted out. I mean, they traded Jamal Adams. This is basically a show of what it was. You have to build a defense around Sam Donald if you want team success. But my question here is, though, guys, I mean, does Adam Gase get fired with Joe Douglas? Adam Gase was instrumental in bringing Joe Douglas in. And that's my problem is I don't know if this is going to change. And if the Jets do end up with the first overall pick and you bring in Trevor Lawrence, I don't think Trevor Lawrence is really going to be able to fix Adam Gase's play calling. Like, his play calling is fucking atrocious, dude. Like, it's not even just all Sam Donald. Sam Donald has to hit that comeback route to Jamison Crowder, right? I mean, that's a simple comeback route. He missed him by like, <laughs> by like six feet. 
aside from that, the play calling is just atrocious. He doesn't get the running game going. You have Le'Veon Bell, um, who he was using as a wide receiver in some sets. He put him in the slot, but I just don't know. My problem is, it, is Adam Gase still going to be around long after Sam Donald? Well, I could tell you who the fuck won't be there, too. No, Adam Gase, well, the Jets are trapped. I mean, to your point, and we talk about this all the time, and last time we talked about the Jets, I think we did, because it's like, well, what's likely to happen this season? Is Adam Gase going to go? I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, he's going to have to be really putrid for Joey D to pull that plug, but I know someone who won't be, and it's fucking Lev. Jamal was gone. Lev is going. Sammy's probably next out the door. This Jets team is going to be an actual shell of itself by the end of this season, whether Gase is there or not. And if he is... I'm sorry, Jets fans, dude. I'm fucking so sorry for you. That sucks. Dude, I mean, you keep bringing up this relationship that Douglas has with Gase. I know Gase was helping fine, but they only worked together for one year, so who who knows how long they really knew each other. It, it's a weird situation because it's like, okay, if he did help them, then like you would think there's some loyalty. It's the NFL. There's no fucking loyalty. If I'm Joe Douglas, I'm looking at this like, I want my own quarterback and my own coach, and – I've already made my decision. I mean, they're the Jets, dude. Who knows what the fuck's going to happen? They might be fired Douglas, too. I don't think they should, though. I, I, I'll go out on a limb. I give the Jets a lot of shit. I do like what Joe Douglas has done for them so far. Um, you know, his draft picks have to have to turn out. But, I mean, you guys, Tino's making it sound like his new player acquisitions are trash on the O-line. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. Is that not – I, I said I was going to give Darnold the benefit of the trash. doubt. They they played all right. Listen, it's like the Giants. It's like they had decent pass pro, but their running game was non-existent. But has it gotten better? Because that's my thing is like I will give Darnold a pass as far as like the shit sandwich he's been served. If they're actually putting pieces around him, which I, I know that he doesn't have a, a number one anywhere, but they did sign Le'Veon. They've gotten him a couple linemen. I know his wide receivers aren't like, you know, the best, but neither are Daniel Jones's. And it's like, dude, how many, how long can that excuse go on? It's like fucking Evan Ingram. See, well, it, my problem with the offensive line too, is that this is a brand new offensive line. I, I mean, I, I don't think there's one piece that's left over from last year. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So, I mean, this is a brand new offensive line. I wouldn't even say it, they had a line. They were fucking band-aids uh, and shit. In, in a shortened COVID season, and an offensive line needs time to gel together. But the one thing is that, again, I do like Joe Douglas, to your point, Murph. I, I would trust him to build this the right way. But let's not forget that Adam Gase was a GM there for a little while. And Adam Gase basically single-handedly said, hey, here's Joe Douglas. I want Joe Douglas to be the GM, make it happen. And the Jets did. I mean, the Jets offered him a lot of money and negotiated with the Eagles to pry him away. But, I, I mean, I'm just not sure what the future holds here. In terms of what you're saying about the, about the weapons around him, on paper they're okay, but there's, there's no alphas. But Joe Douglas did what he could, right? I mean, he drafted the big ticket. He got Becton to anchor that left side. With their second-round pick, they took Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims on the IR with a hamstring array. Seems like everybody's blowing hamstrings, by the way, right? Um, I, there was a nice conspiracy theory online about that, that uh, there's no positive COVID tests. They're all just hamstring injuries. <laughs> you know, so Joe Douglas is doing what he can. Uh, granted, he didn't want Le'Veon Bell here, uh, Adam Gase, but they drafted uh, LaMichael P. Ryan. They got some help. I mean, I just don't know what else they can do. It's, I, I think it's a defense. And let's face it, this offensive line, much like the Giants' offensive line, they had a tough task ahead of them on Sunday. They faced the Buffalo Bills, which is no joke, man. The Buffalo Bills is a tough defense. It's well coached by Sean McDermott. So, I, I mean, maybe we want to see how they do against a little bit of a lesser opponent. But it's it's going to be a tough test for the Jets no matter what. Well, Mage, guess what? You want to see them against a lesser opponent? It's not happening this week. So they're probably going to lose by a billion again because they're playing the San Francisco uh, 49ers. And if you thought the Bills defense was good, uh, <laughs> straddle up, boys. Listen, I, yeah, yeah, to Murph's point, listen, it's gotten progressively better. But my point was Lev is the focal point of that offense right now, and he didn't want to be there. Now he's hurt. So it's like, yeah, I don't want to make an excuse, but my point is, if they wanted that offense to work, it's like our offense. Like, yeah, Danny can do it by himself, but you got to get your running back involved. 
your lead horse can't be rushing for 15 yards a fucking game and you hope to make him fantasy relevant with dump-off passes. In, in the real world, that's going to result to nothing on a football field for a drive. That's not how you sustain a drive. So I just think he kind of laid the bed that he's fucking in right now with the terms of he didn't want Lev to be there. And I think if this team and this offense really wanted to move, had to go through Lev, and now what? But Michael P. Ryan's hurt. I'm, I have upside on him. But until he's healthy, it's Frank Gore and Kalen Balazs. So how is it going to get much better? I just don't see how it's going to get much better, dude. I, I really don't. Or Josh Adams or whatever the hell his name is. I mean, come on, dude. It's, it's a joke. It's a joke right now. No, you're right. And I, I'm really not sure what else they can do this season to really, I, I mean, turn things around. This is – I know that's been tough for the Jets for the last couple of years, but I don't see them getting any better over the next year or two. I mean, you have to hope that you sign the right free agents. And then we saw that last year, right? They signed Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr said, no, I'm good. I'm going to go back to Minnesota. I I mean, they spent money on Tremaine Johnson, which was a waste. They have to sign the right free agents. They got to get people that want to play here, that want to be part of his organization. And especially on the offensive side of the ball, I don't think you're going to lure big ticket wide receivers. They're going to want to play with Sam Darnold. If you get Trevor Lawrence here, Next year, uh, all right, then maybe you might be able to see a few guys come in, right? And then maybe if you take a running back in the second round, we saw some running backs go in the second round this year, like Jonathan Taylor, um, J.K. Dobbins, um, Cam Akers. So there is going to be talent there. I think that you can build through the offense, but to Murph's point, I think they really need to build this offensive line as much as they can um, before they start adding those offensive pieces. But, you know, I mentioned I spoke to my boy earlier who's a Jets fan, and the only thing that I had to say to him once he picked up was, hey, at least we're not the Jets. So that's my defense for Giants fans. (laughs) All right, guys, that's going to wrap up this episode of Clapback Sports. Thank you for listening. Peace and love, everyone. (laughs) 